Hi, this is The Game with me, Jonas Cisneros, your host. Um, I am a junior journalism and psychology major with a sociology minor. Um, and I am a Libra son. And that's all you need to know. Um, what about you guys? Jonna is joined by me, Haley Elder, a junior ad PR and journalism double major with a psychology minor. Um, I'm a Pisces sun, a Leo moon, and a Taurus rising. Calculated. Um, and I will be your third host, Graham Gannett. I am a senior English major with a little psych minor, you know, just to spice things up. Um, I am a Taurus. Son. All of them. All of them are Taurus. No, I'm just that kidding. That is inaccurate. Uh, I think my moon jive is Leo. Yeah. And you guys both have a Leo. The moon. ascending rising Phoenix is Scorpio. And why are you qualified to talk about relationships? You know... <laughs> why do you guys think that we are qualified to talk about relationships? I don't know if we are. Um, I think we are. But I think... I think I am. I think uh, we'll... I we like can... to pretend that I am. I think yeah. that I went through all of my trauma to be here today, to educate you, to not go to the, through the same trauma. That's kind of the way I feel. The way I tell, what I tell people whenever they like ask me like, what gives you the right to write relationship columns or like to give me this advice? There are two reasons. One, um, I feel like I have been exposed to incredibly dysfunctional relationships growing up. So I learned very early on what not to do. Um, and then growing up into like the woman I am today, I learned how to destroy a relationship with such intricacy it could be an art form and obviously i've worked very hard over the past year to improve that about myself um but because i know how to absolutely shatter a relationship monumentally um i can reverse engineer it and so i know how to tell people what to do and what not to do based off of those experience it's a lot of cautionary tales it's a lot of reverse engineering but it works and i'm right all the time honestly relationships are easy you only need to know <laughs> that is a lie three easy steps that is a lie <laughs> but apparently i think about relationships much more than my male peers that's because you, you have from feelings. Haley's boyfriend. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, probably I don't. I guess I think I probably think about relationships and stuff more than I, more than I think I do, because it's like the main thing mm -hmm. half the time. Why do you think thing? that is? Well, why do you think that is? Because I like sex. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I feel like it's ingrained in us that we like our definition of ourselves is single or in a relationship and like that's like one of the first things you talk about like when you meet someone new or like when you're like becoming friends with someone is like who you've dated who you're interested in who you're dating it's like a part that's of your the first identity. thing i feel like it's how like, many people no one asks me that <laughs> not my friends i feel like it's a big part of my identity and no like, well even I, when i'm yeah. single it's like oh i was in this relationship or oh like I don't know. No, I well, just like our friendship, 
I've always been like, like half of what I talk to you about is your exes half the time, <laughs> you know, like before now, which yeah. I think so. I think there's some truth to that. It's fun to pick apart. I feel like when you're in a relationship, it feels much more defining than when you're not in a relationship. Because I know that like when I feel like a little bit like connected to someone or a little bit like, oh, like they're there. Um I think about things a little bit more thoroughly. I have like a specific memory of like not doing something that was like a little bit dangerous that I normally would have done because I was involved with someone and I was like, I don't want to make them go to my funeral. And so I didn't. <laughs> okay, um, so we're John is just gonna go down a dark road. Oh no, that's not dark. I'm just I'm just impulsive. Um <laughs> Yeah. Um, but the point is, it's like, I think about things much more thoroughly yeah. if I'm in a relationship because things I do affect another person. But when I'm single, it's like, oh, like that's just me. And I, you don't think about it a whole lot. So I understand like where you're coming from and that it is something that we talk about and think about a lot. But like uh, both I, of you are single and both of you okay, talk about relationships. Okay, just had to throw it out there. <laughs> I'm just saying, I think I think that you're wrong because you're like, these you peons. Are, <laughs> here you are writing relationship columns and on a relationship podcast as a single woman because relationships are important. And like, yeah. No, 100%. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like people almost like being single is just as much as their identity. I mean, like, I don't yeah. know, maybe it's the time of the year that's a little bit influencing my thoughts on this but like i was just posting yesterday on my snapchat story like like about being single this time of year and like you know so i feel like i'm constantly i'm still thinking about relationships and stuff <laughs> you know i i would be interesting like to like people who are single who don't actively date or like seek mm. out relationships might be different but i'm like you know being single is still like I don't know where I'm going with this. The feeling is very different. I always kind of liken it to, it's like a thermostat. All right. So like when I'm single for a long period of time, I get to turn my thermostat down. I like, I like my room. I like my air conditioning, like Satan's den, like Lucifer's lair cold. And Wait, I think of hell is hot. Yeah. No. Is like, it's like Johnny gets hot and heavy. When no, I, no, I'm no. Confused. Okay. Hear me out. Like follow my train of thought. Like go like Antarctic. No. Okay. Like when I'm, when I'm single, I'm a lot more cold. I'm a lot more callous. Um, I don't put up with a whole lot of things. I'm not very tolerant. Um, and so when someone comes around that, um, doesn't make me want to throw up, um, I feel like I have to warm up my thermostat a little bit to warm it up a little bit, make it a little bit more temperate for like normal people. Um, and so I become a little bit softer, a little bit nicer, a little bit, you know, which is still an aspect of my personality, but it's just not the predominant one when say, I'm single. Do you think that's a bad thing? No, you're it's changing your, yourself. It's not a change. It's more of a adjustment. <laughs> Thinking of synonyms for change. <laughs> An adaptation. It's, a An adaptation it's still, okay. For survival. It's like a layer. It's like, it's still a part of me. Like, I'm not just like a cold, like, tar black heart bitch. I just feel like at this point in our lives, like, our, like, I a didn't lot of how my our thought. life is defined. Like, people, like, I feel like we're kind of trained to, like, be like, oh, are you in a relationship? Are you dating anyone? Like, what's, you know, like, we're at this kind of, like, point where it's, like, everyone's. Mm -hmm. John, to finish your question. thought. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, Haley. Yeah. 
No, you're all Men good. Men just love to talk. To just interrupt women. Um, but so, and then when I'm in a relationship, I'd like turn it up to like hot. Um, and you know, when you like turn up a thermostat and then turn it back down and then turn it back up, your electricity bill goes up and it's really annoying. That's how I feel mentally and emotionally. So I'm kind of like, I would rather just stay single for a long period of time and then meet someone and then be with someone for a long period of time. So I don't have to like go up and then down and then up and then down. And that's very similar. I feel like to this idea of like, we think about relationships consistently and like what are we in a relationship versus what are we like single and like how do we enjoy that how do we feel that way uh feel about it um so that's kind of like how i liken the experience it's a massive inconvenience to turn my thermostat up and then down it's so draining to like being this like this halfway phase where i'm like seeing people occasionally but not dating anyone i hate it and it sucks it's like you're constantly learning a whole new person and like mm-hmm. doing all the you know 100 percent. as the old taken broad in the room i will say <laughs> the old the youngest person in the room. i oh will say girl, you can't go into a bar yet i do miss the stages of relationships where you're getting to know someone like Boom. that like excitement of like falling in love with someone oh yeah <laughs> like the honeymoon part is great but the like where you're where you're like just start texting and like hey how was your day and they're like good how about you <laughs> and you're like like can we just like i don't know it's not good skip ahead to because <laughs> the honeymoon's nice but i'm talking about like pre-honeymoon where because that's like i get honeymoon like once i start dating somebody but like that, that like getting off of dating apps and like getting into, you know, like that's getting stuff started. Very it's draining. so upsetting. I hate it. You get your hopes up, you get crushed. And it's just an endless cycle. So would you guys say that you have a fear of commitment? Who, me? <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay. I don't I don't think I do I think I definitely used to but I don't I for me it's like I've had people tell me that they're like you know you gotta like kind of like come at me for being non-committal but it's like if I find somebody I really like I'm like almost too ready to commit you're valid (laughs) I just yeah I'm I'm I think I'm at the point now where it's like you know I started dating like early in high school and I had like long relationships in high school and then so now it's like having little flings sucks. So it's like I'm not gonna like get into something and like, you know, put my energy and like give somebody my love unless, like, I think they're gonna stick around or like it's gonna be, you know, not that I'm not like open to trying things, but mm-hmm. I'd say I'm not afraid of commitment because I'm very willing to navigate those uncharted waters. Um, my thing is. I don't know how to behave in that situation and that terrifies me a little bit. In what situation? Okay. So the person I was in my last like long-term relationship that I've like fully grieved, fully gotten over, whatever, is vastly different than the person sitting here today. And the person sitting here today has done so much work and has changed so much that I can't think or fathom being in a situation in which we have a mutual agreement to invest love into each other and like they're invested in me and I'm invested in them. I'm very willing to do that and I want to do that, but I 
don't know how. And so like, it's this fear of like, I'm going to look stupid. Like, I'm not going to know what to do, you know? Um, and I'm willing to confront that and do that because I think like, what avoiding that fear of looking stupid or being stupid like that's dumb that's cowardice um but it's real but (laughs) i mean i suppose um but it's that like i genuinely don't know what i would do like i i don't know what i would do i would try and i would well bumble my way through it but I was going to, I have a question, like, how do you think hookup culture, dating apps, like, feeds into commitment issues and feeds into these non-committal relationships? I have so many thoughts about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I, uh, I consistently talk about this idea, this horrifying, petrifying idea that we are at a place in life in which, in, in our culture in which going on a dinner date is too much of a commitment for the vast majority of people. And it's... I think I I find... I don't know. Not a lot of people want to do it right off the bat, but I feel like that's not a common occurrence, but, you know, like, not out of... insane that you would rather sleep with someone before taking them out to dinner? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But some people want to do that. And to that I say... You say what? You what do say, you say? Amen. <laughs> um, well, because it's easier. Like, sex has become this distant activity that we partake in it's when we're bored. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> we're going to ignore that. <laughs> no, you're all good. You don't have to apologize. Um what was i saying dating apps yes um dating apps dinner dates yeah oh sex is just this activity that we kind of partake in mutually to like distract ourselves from like the everyday and like it could totally be used as that however i don't think that should be like the only thing fueling this endless just supply of like new faces like the issue is and i'm not i'm not like anti-dating app i think it's funny it's great content it's hilarious it is really funny it's so funny like getting a little bit plastered alone and going through like tinder pure comedy i wonder if people like take it really serious though like i feel like based on some of the replies i see you know from my friends who are usually female like guys are out here like like really like getting pissed like when a girl like doesn't message them or like like stuff like that that's because men are scared of rejection and And you're not everyone honestly not really much worse has happened do it i dare you you know i'm scared of vulnerability but rejection i'm like take it on the chin (laughs) um but no, there's actually, there's a lot, there are a lot of studies and a lot of books written about um, this whole issue with um, dating apps and hookup culture. And I'm, I'm very pro hookup culture in the sense that I think everyone should have a phase in which they act with reckless abandon. 
they make mistakes they do stupid things they have their main character moment do it for the plot line and then you live you learn you become a better person like you have to do that you have to do stupid things to learn how to live well and I fully believe that. So I think everyone should have a, like a quote unquote hope phase. Um, but a safe one. But a safe Use one. Protection. Please please get please tested regularly. Con- communicate with your partner. I, th- I think the three main reasons. So I feel like we can all kind of agree that like our generation, like our age group right now has a very big commitment phobia. Like, is that a fair statement? Yes. From my experience, yes. <laughs> I opened my mouth and John had just instant, like, daggers. I I don't, I just think, I don't know if people are afraid of it more so than they just enjoy not having it, if that makes sense. Like, people are realizing that they can be jackasses and treat people without respect and just, like, you know, fuck around and do their thing, you know, and be a hoe and live these these 20 you know 21 year old years and just do that and have a great time and i think some people just get comfy doing that it's very easy up they never have to well that kind of goes into this whole like brene brown talks a lot about it and like her ted talks and her self-help books i love brene brown so much um but she talks about this like communal fear of vulnerability and how we specifically in the United States we're a very individualistic country and so we kind of glorify this idea of pulling yourself up from your own bootstraps and never asking for help never being vulnerable never experiencing like shame Um, and she studied this for like many 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 years Um, and so what she's found throughout studying shame and the role it plays within like human society is that vulnerability is really the only thing that keeps us together. And in this country specifically, one of hedonism, one of distraction and one of that's very achievement oriented, um, which are good things and bad things alike. Um, we avoid feeling vulnerable because we liken it to the feeling of shame and we avoid it by buying more things doing more things accomplishing more things and just trying to like clean up the mess put it in a little tupperware and just send it on its way Um, and that's no way to live and so we've grown up in this culture in which the idea of vulnerability is synonymous with weakness and so we're at 20 and we have all the signs to like go out, hook up culture, be a hoe, live your life. And I think that's wonderful. However, when does it stop? When do we become 30, 40 and we feel petrifyingly alone because we never investigated how, what it would feel like to be vulnerable with another person? You can probably go out to your local bar in the middle of a pandemic and find some men who have never hit that moment and are still 40, 50 years old. Just Those are know. the ones that buy me drinks. <laughs> God bless those men. Honestly, saints. Um, but I think that's, that's a role that it plays. And I think it's only kind of getting more amplified and hookup culture and this idea. I always joke around that Tinder is just like, my guy friends will ask me because it, it scares them a lot that I, um, in my past, um, I play the game like a man because that's the most dangerous thing to one. And so I'm like, it's just fresh meat. 
Tinder is just fresh meat. New guys, new faces to to mess around with fresh meat not always fresh meat but like fresh faces oh yeah you know um past self not current self this is post Brene Brown um but that was the, the like the name of the game at the time and they would always they would always ask me about it and make fun of me about it and it's that's what it is and I know that's how it is for a lot of uh, men and women out there it's just dating apps is just this constant stream of validation you're only on a dating app if you want validation you want to hook up or you just got dumped and you need to find a rebound those are the only reasons to be on an on a dating app okay i'm going to disagree with you because that's okay when i used tender or i guess that was the only dating app i used but I would get on, I would like talk to one person and I would just like really think that they were going to be my next boyfriend. Like we would like go on a date, we would like hang out, like it was like real and then we'd just like stop talking like two weeks later. Kind of like when we matched on Tinder. (laughs) Did we ever do anything? No. No, I was kidding because I (laughs) sent you one message. I don't remember. And you made fun of me. I don't remember. I'm sorry. Are you serious? I oh you made fun of me so much because I sent some corny ass pickup line. Never mind. <laughs> I, I honestly I was gonna disagree too though because I feel like I'm I'm on I, it depends sometimes on I'm on Tinder for those reasons you stated but like I go on Bumble and there's some really sweet people and I'm like that's awesome like I'm a firm believer in meeting people in the wild. We can't do that right now because we're in a panty, but post viral apocalypse i'm a firm believer in meeting people in the wild because when you meet someone you would never try to find a best friend on a dating app sure you could but you never go even Haley, you and i we have a fairly decent friendship new but we have a connection we have a level of intimacy when we communicate lovers absolutely (laughs) absolutely only time will tell um mark close your ears (laughs) (laughs) Um, but the point is you would never try to find your close personal best friend on a dating app by just swiping on a bunch of faces um and if the greatest relationships are based off of mutual respect mutual trust and friendship um why are we looking for that on an app um like i said i'm not anti-dating app i think it's fun i'd I'm still on there, mainly because it's funny. The pickup lines, peak of human comedy. I've had some really great friendships and relationships from dating apps, though. And I wouldn't be like, oh, I wish I would have met them in real life. Like, I don't, I mean, yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I suppose. I think it's different for everybody. But I really do feel like there is this consensus of discontentment when it comes to dating apps, at least amongst my peers. Um, And it's because there's no connection and there's no one to hold them accountable. I mean, the fact if we do go, we do go on like a first date with someone we met on a dating app. Um, I don't know about you, Haley, but I run a background check. Like I'm constantly thinking like, is this person a serial killer? Are they going to attempt to assault me, kill me? what like what's gonna happen you sell me into human slavery um you know i am not that smart i did (laughs) date a man off of tinder for a month who had a girlfriend for three years who was just on vacation the whole time we dated (laughs) 
And that's hilarious. And I'm glad you have that story. I don't know if that's hilarious. I think that is. <laughs> it's really that would, messed up. That's, that it's would incredibly hurt me. Oh, 100%. Like, that's hurtful. I, I just laugh at the pain. <laughs> I was going to say for the couple of real friendships and relationships, it has taken a long time and a lot of swiping. I've been on Tinder probably since I was 18. Because you dated half of Lincoln? Because, well, yeah, yeah. but <laughs> I have not dated half of Lincoln. Oh, <laughs> pardon me. I've only dated like twice in Lincoln, really, I think. Once or twice, I don't know. I don't know. Haley, were you on dating? Well, when did you guys start using dating apps? I was like not old enough to have one when I first had one and I would just get on it for oof 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 I was 19 I started giving free therapy to a bunch of randos on tinder they'd be like I'm just so scared to like do this thing I'm like you can't let that hold you back like I was giving therapy to these randos what were they scared about I would uh like there was this one Mm, guy pegging yep uh well I mean like that's just they're just weak I get over it (laughs) um but like like career advice like oh, that's the, weird. <laughs> like i was giving free therapy to these dudes maybe that's why i hate to and <laughs> here you are giving free therapy to Dude, a guy once again <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> that's just my role in life i suppose i mean like i want to be a therapist like i that's what i'm doing with my life <laughs> it's like i'm okay it makes me feel needed um We'll unpack that a little later. <laughs> I was gonna say maybe next episode. Maybe we'll, next episode we'll, we'll, we'll cover there. that. Um, what other uh, like? F- how do you think? Um, so I feel like we've like properly unpacked this idea of it's like okay, a lot of us are either scared of commitment or avoidant of it because like we're in our twenties and we want to like be free and like mess around. I do think that there is a certain level of like. We need to know where the line stops. If we are going to be like massive hoes, like have safe sex, communicate with your partners that you're not looking for anything other than like a little hookup. Um, Like I think there are ways to do that and that's fine. And I think it's a wonderful learning experience. But for those who may have a genuine fear of like intimacy or commitment, how do you think what solutions do you think exist for that immersion therapy you are going to commit to hundreds of things clubs <laughs> get a lot of tattoos people. I- <laughs> yeah seriously we're gonna we're gonna pick a tattoo out for you we'll design it and you'll just get over it. you'll have to live with decisions that you may or may not have made hundred percent I, I don't I don't know I think that's a personal journey maybe a little bit of therapy always always does some good but What's I mean like, there's probably something underlying that at all times you know why are you mm-hmm. scared of commitment True. is it because you don't think you're worth you know like somebody else's time and love do you is it because you're scared of getting hurt mm-hmm. you know I don't know my personal thoughts on you know commitment and the the ensuing heartbreak 
you know, after every big commitment. Is that like, I don't know, to me, it's always worth it. No matter, I mean, not always, you shouldn't put yourself through like very traumatic relationships, you know, for the lesson, for the lesson of it. But like, I, I feel like, I don't know, it's almost always worth it to put yourself out there. And, you mm-hmm. know, I do think like you learn a lot from the pain and the, mm-hmm. you know, the conflicts and stuff. And so I, I think I would say that it's always worth it. Mm-hmm. Always I, worth it. I couldn't agree more. I think it's important to unpack why you're afraid or they're afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, Piggybacking, I see. Yeah. <laughs> I to piggyback Graham off of the that <laughs> around the ten minute mark. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't I have any ideas of how, how do you do that. I really think the only way to get over your issues is to figure out where they come from. And you can do Mm -hmm. that through therapy, through like a self-isolation journey, through like journaling or like... You have to have the radical courage to confront your unsavory emotions. For anybody who is either scared of commitment or perhaps they find themselves, maybe they're not consciously scared of commitment, but they find themselves in this like pattern of like situationships that like never really lead to anything and they always kind of like fall off and it's just consistent and they're never alone for a big period of time but they're never in a committed relationship i think committing to isolation is necessary as well to like Mm. discover that aspect of yourself that you've never been able to nurture or curate i think you just added me like to the fullest extent like i don't think even when i'm single i'm always like searching you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it'd be that way i mean like finding yourself really only happens i said this a little bit ago but like in the bowels of self-isolation i have a friend the bowels bowels. (laughs) i'm so sorry Um, that's where you what find out the most about yourself yeah it's in the monotony it's in the like is it about i will say that at the beginning of the pandemic my ex-boyfriend had just moved out of my house after we had broken up like nine months before um and all my other roommates were in germany and so i was alone and i couldn't leave my house for like three months and that's when i really found myself Mm -hmm. really fixed myself it happens i mean I was going to say, am I, like, allowed friends during this isolation? Well, of course. I like, an outward-bound journey to the woods type? I don't know. I'm, I'm like, commit to it fully. I'm like, no, I'm going to learn outdoor survival skills and bear girls the shit out of this. Um, but you don't have to do that. I think it's also monotony. Um, I think it's the, like, get up. This has been my life for, like, the past, like, three months. Um because I was, I was like not single, single for like a very long period of time, all of 2020. Um, and so now I've been like single, single for like three months and it's been like, get up, go to work, go to school, eat, go to the gym, go to bed consistently. And it is in that monotony that you uncover so many layers of yourself that you really didn't think you needed to uncover, but you do. Or you can you can also uh, speed that process up by getting your heart broken a million times in the same year. I also did that. Um, I don't recommend it. <laughs> but you know, if you get your heart broken enough times, you become bulletproof and it doesn't hurt anymore. I think and repression then you become a sociopath. Is not no, I'm just What'd you say? You don't think repression, repression is, is that the right word? Repression. It's not repression. It's yeah, like just like 
becoming numb to the pain yeah, doesn't exactly. mean that you can it's deal like with a callus yeah. i'm really <laughs> i'm really argumentative tonight <laughs> that's good i love that <laughs> no you're definitely right though like being numb to it is it's far different than, than like, like experiencing it, it mm-hmm. and grieving it and dealing with i the, do agree with that i do think you have to confront it but i think a lot of people <laughs> that's me right now <laughs> Um, I think a lot of people are very scared to confront. <laughs> Y'all were curious why we were laughing. Um. <laughs> really? It's like I'm just being. Dramatic, we can't smell but you. I just I don't smell bad. I just want to smell it. Like it's like balmy in here. Is it because I put my foot near you? Maybe. I don't think <laughs> I have smelly feet. I'm just kidding. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> Um, what were we saying? Um, like oh you, God, my I pants th- are unzipped. <laughs> Ailey is an absolute <laughs> mess. I don't know how long they've been unzipped for. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're okay. Yeah, no one can see this. No one can see me. Um, I also think a lot of people are like very scared to confront those emotions. Like, a lot of people run away from it, and to that. This might sound atrociously brutally honest, but like stop being a bitch. Like confront your emotions head on because as soon as you do that, it's not going to hurt as bad as it did in that moment. Yeah, I feel like it sounds really cliche, cliche, but you really just have to do it. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you can put it off. You can like pretend that you're doing it, but like you have to just do it. Actively like, like think about it. And- yeah, and it's not going to be, I think a very important thing to know about any kind of like mental and emotional like growth journey is it's not going to be this incredible ethereal experience immediately consistency is key so it's a commitment to figuring out this aspect of you or fixing this flaw or improving this part of you and just like okay I'm open to it. I'm going to do it. This is how I'm going to do it. And then you go on. You have to do it every day and you're not going to feel it every day. You're going to do it. You're going to say the thing to yourself, the positive affirmation, the whatever action you chose to physically represent this change that you're kind of embarking on. And it's not going to feel amazing. It's not going to feel like anything for a very long time. And then you're just going to keep walking. And then four months down the road, you're going to pop your head back up and be like, whoa, I'm completely different and that worked. And that's when you're gonna notice the change. It's not going to be immediate and it's not going to be immaculate or ethereal every single time you. Um, <laughs> the other thing I do have to say about this is, okay, I know that I just spent like what, 20 minutes talking about how you have to like be by yourself to like find yourself, especially when it comes to dating. Um, there are a lot of uh, therapists and a lot of uh, theories about uh, like problems specifically in relationships that don't necessarily state that you have to not be dating when you are finding these things about yourself. Um, in fact, it's actually, you mentioned immersion therapy. I feel like, I don't know if you were joking or serious. But seriously, you but work like, that's out a, a lot thing. of relationship issues while yes. in a relationship. I think oh, 100%. If you have a partner that you work well with and mm-hmm. you are committed to communicating mm-hmm. or going to therapy together i think you can you can do a lot of work in relationships a hundred percent i think that there is a time 
wow, look at my t- Sunday school trauma coming out. There is a time to be alone. And then there is a time to work things, these things out with the right person. And if you meet the right person, um, I, it's actually... How does that relate to Sundays? Bro? You know, like this whole, the Ecclesiastes, you know, there's a time to grieve. There's a time to I don't, be joyful. I'm not familiar. I have a lot of religious trauma. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> um... But, but I feel like that's a misconception. That's yes. Pretty like no, it is. You have to like, you have to love yourself. Love yourself before you, before you love, love anybody else. else. I think that is true. I, I really. Well, I, fuck you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I think that I pretended that it wasn't true for a really long time, and my relationships never worked out. I always lost myself. I always like felt very out of it or like very detached in relationships, mm-hmm. and then I took the time alone not seeking partners not like talking to anyone to really like figure out who i was what i liked about myself what i wanted to do with myself and then i got into a healthy relationship Mm -hmm. and then i think that i still have a lot of trauma from my past relationships that i'm able to like confront and Mm -hmm. like confess to and Mm -hmm. like work Uh, through in that relationship without like dumping it on your next partner yeah 100 percent I perhaps the whole I think a lot of people get intimidated by that you have to love yourself before you love anyone else to an extent that is true how are you supposed to uncondition well unconditional love doesn't exist but um we can talk about that too. we will um but um how are you supposed to know how to express love when you cannot express love to yourself that is fairly true however I think there is a moment in time when you have to be alone and learn how to like yourself and learn how to show up for for yourself. I was going to say, like, what does loving yourself mean? Because, like, I, I know my personality. I have goals for myself. And sometimes, you know, those things kind of wane, like, when I get into a relationship. But I don't love myself. I feel like a, a decent amount of the time, you know, enough to say I can't fully say I love myself. But I feel more than comfortable... You have to be able to show up for yourself. That's what I always say. I think loving yourself is too vague because we hardly even know how to. We only have one word for love. There are at least five different types of expression of love. Um, loving yourself is too vague. It's very scary. It's very intimidating. I think you have to know how to show up for yourself before you're in a healthy relationship. As I have a good quote, um, and I think I know it off the top of my head. Um Justin Bieber once said, <laughs> "Baby, you should go and love yourself." I just want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know why you guys think that you should have someone else love you before you can love yourself, or no, how I don't. do you expect someone to love you when you can't even love yourself? Like. What? I think it's a level of percentages. I'm not I'm not saying that I'm saying that everybody's journey is a little bit different. I do think everyone needs like a like a three month period at least by themselves, not searching for a relationship to like really discover themselves. Um, but I also think that you can wade through a lot of those uh, uncharted waters in a relationship with the right person it all depends on your journey and it all depends on how how high your self-esteem is and how is how high your self-worth is if you have no self-esteem and no self-worth then maybe you do need to be alone and find that access that self access i always think of it as like there's a little child inside of you at all times it's that you're (laughs) just stay with me john is pregnant (laughs) (laughs) 
This is gonna turn into like the Mori or like the like. Uh, you are not the father. Yeah, <laughs> Jerry Springer. I'm sorry. Continue. No, you're the all little good. child. Okay, please this explain because that's interesting. This was something that was very. So I taught swim lessons for a really long time, and that was a really like important aspect of my life. I was a nanny. I was a swim lessons instructor. Um, I taught kids a lot. Um, so a way that I kind of. Fa- like found my self-worth and felt found my self-respect was my mom basically sat me down and she was like Jonna would you say any of the mean things that you say to yourself to one of your swim lesson students um, or to one of the kids at you nanny and I was like oh my god no of course not I would never say that to a child then why are you saying that to yourself at that age because at the end of the day we're all just grown-up children and we have a little four-year-old self inside of us that was crying on the playground or whatever experiences we had when we were three four five and whenever we're we hate ourselves and whenever we're deprecating to ourselves we were saying that to a child that like lives inside of us and that was just really useful for me to think about when I was going through that period in which I was like I can't do this to myself I need to show up for that little girl I need to be there for her I need to make sure that no one mistreats her in the way that I've mistreated her and the way I've allowed other people to mistreat her. And I think that's very important for everyone to kind of come to. I think that's, that's a good rule. If you can't respect yourself and yeah, you know, and force somebody or like make sure that somebody else isn't disrespecting mm-hmm. you, then you probably shouldn't be yes. looking for love. But. And in that sense, you do have to find that by yourself. But if you've already found that aspect, but like, you're not necessarily sure how to express love or how to be in a relationship or how to like navigate that for some people that does work you find in a, a relationship a young child inside yourself you gotta get a young kid inside of you <laughs> okay you, okay. you have to stop wearing <laughs> and on that it's note just like jonna said a young kid find them you have to play house with a random stranger it's it's good if they're in a pool like you said or nannying if you're nannying them one-on-one on On that uh let's make turn it to a little bit of a lighter topic um so we're recording this uh the thursday before valentine's day um this will be published afterwards but we're still going to talk about valentine's day because it is my favorite holiday so what are you doing on your favorite holiday? <laughs> These are a few of my favorite. Um, you ever had a blowjob shot? What? It's Kahlua. Oh. Bailey's Irish creamer and whipped cream. I think I'm just going to take a lot of those that and watch good. Sex in the really City. Good. Yeah. Um, cuz I don't uh, you know, Zesinga life. Um, but I love Valentine's Day. I love watching people like be in love and like pretend to be in love. Well, can, I, like I don't know. I want to like hang out with my friends and be like, "Hey, I love you." You know, like do like platonic love Valentine's Day in a panty in well, this economy. No, just, like, I, like I have like other room, like two other roommates oh, who no. are single. No, I get it. I just, I definitely like find the beauty in like showing love to people that you're not necessarily dating. And like it's fun. Last year I did like I made a big old dinner for all my friends. I was like it was like a lonely hearts dinner. Um didn't turn out very well. <laughs> um but I mean like I think we should all like be able to like show love and like enjoy it. I'm probably going to buy myself a bunch of lingerie for funsies. 
on Valentine's Day. Cause why not? What are you, what are you doing, Haley? You're the only one coupled up yeah. in here. So, <laughs> me being the old taken broad, um, <laughs> the young. I'm going on Saturday, the day before Valentine's Day. I'm spending the evening in a fancy hotel in downtown Omaha. And then on the actual with Valentine's Day, oh, with my with my boyfriend. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, to clarify that, who's my boss? I would like to point out Haley. Haley's my boss. And, and she's I'm, dating my I'm boss. I'm her boss's boss. Yeah, and her boyfriend is my boss, who I'm also in a <laughs> class group with. <laughs> we've got a lot of triangles going on. Not triangles. We're really in. We've got a lot of <laughs> a lot of different things going on in this. <laughs> This, this dynamic dating bosses we're we're all a big family I, <laughs> now, oh my that was a weird thing to say oh like you haven't said anything weird during this <laughs> okay um and then after the hotel yeah what are you guys doing you're not gonna eat um, dinner on right <laughs> on the day of love we are actually spending it with my good friend jillian who lives at a lake house oh that sounds phenomenal yeah that sounds fun. i love that for you i wish it wasn't cold because that would make that so much more fun yeah on that note no, no, no. <laughs> um so now we're going are to you guys gonna ask me <laughs> what i'm doing for valentine's day oh what are you doing for valentine's day graham <laughs> yeah but you guys didn't ask me like you you're just not ain't gonna oh we're sorry what are you you doing for no valentine's idea. day i'll probably play video games probably with my best friend and roommate that sounds like lots of fun. <laughs> so that concludes our first episode of the game. Um, this has been Jonna, Graham, and Haley, and we want to thank you for playing the game. <laughs>